this the most basic standard thing is you have your learner ask any question within the e-learning module and chat gpt replies now it can reply as an expert on on the topic that is being presented it can reply as their manager it can reply as their peer so those kind of roles but you could create that live conversation where somebody is ask and uh, asking something and getting a response welcome to making better a podcast from better everyday studios devoted to helping small learning teams have a big impact Today, I am talking to Garima Gupta, the founder and CEO of the award-winning learning design firm, Artha Learning. Garima brings over 18 years of diverse experience to the field of learning and development, and is passionate about the intersection of technology and education. Currently, she's doing some amazing work integrating ChatGPT into Storyline courses, which more people need to know about. So let's dive in. Garima, how are you doing today? Welcome to the Making Better podcast. Thank you. Happy to be here. And thank you for inviting me to talk to you and your listeners. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I think this could be a really great and important conversation for our listeners because for me, as somebody who's been in, you know, making e-learning, been worked in instructional design, worked in all things L&D, I think one of the critical things that always comes up around um, mm-hmm. e-learning is the lack of real learner interaction, right? The, where, you know, when it comes to, we need to, we want to test whether or not people actually understand what we're talking about. And the best we often get left with is some form of, you know, multiple choice yep. question. And it's just, it leaves so much to be desired. Absolutely. And, you know, we can disguise those multiple choice questions in fancy garb they look like scenarios and whatnot but they're all pre-programmed this is you know you have to select pre-made choices and you get pre-made responses and that there is there was nothing we could do about it till now but now game is changing i am super excited about it just like you are and i think that you know we have future of e-learning standing right in front of us it's time for us to you know grab it (laughs) Yes, exactly. And I think the be- I, I think that's 100% right. And you're going to talk us through what, what I love about what you're going to talk to us about today in a minute. We'll, we'll do introductions, but just to give a preview is it's not some new fancy app that people need to go get, right? It's, it's just it's something that's built in to the most popular learning development tools that we use every day. So it's super exciting. Before we get there, um, you you have a different background than just than anybody that I've talked to in terms of your pathway into e-learning or in, into learning and development. You you kind of came from mm-hmm. software, if, if I'm right. So tell us a little bit about about your background and how you transition into learning and development because I, I think it's really relevant to how you're able to do what you're doing oh, right now. My pleasure, and it's a long story, but I'm going to try and keep it short. Yeah, I trained as a software engineer. In fact, I was part of the team that coded and built the very first short message service center in India long time back. I'm not going to date myself. But what I found always was I liked talking about and demonstrating my code rather than coding itself. And I liked to see that immediate impact. And I missed that in, in the coding world. Because, you know, your code is a little part of a bigger machine that goes in a bigger machine that goes in another bigger machine. You never get to see what your code really did. And I always found that I was a storyteller. So if you would ask me at the bottom of my heart, I feel like I'm a storyteller. So that was it. I was, well, I was doing okay in in my coding job, but 
as I um, started a family and had kids and, uh, you know, spend more time with them, I was fascinated, fascinated by the act of learning in children. You know, when kids learn, young, young kids, it is so pure, so natural. And, you know, I just loved it. And I thought that my natural fit was to live and work as a catalyst to help someone learn something. So, you know, I love that phrase. That's a great that phrase. was exactly that. That sort of made me move career. So I went into K to 12 because I thought I was good with kids, but I did not. I did not sustain that. I couldn't. I did not have the infinite patience that it needs. So I moved to yes, adult learning yes. and that was beautiful. I think, you know, I felt like everything was preparing me um, over my life to get into adult learning facilitation, then moved to e-learning, which was, you know, as a coder, a natural shift for me. I saw the scale of digital learning, the impact that good, well-designed digital learning can have on scale, on motivated learners. And then six years ago, I started my own firm because I just, I found that this, this really um, is my jam, I guess. Excellent. Excellent. I love it. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing that I love. It's like, that, that's such a great way to put it. So like, it's our, this is our jam and it's kind of, it's kind of quirky and a lot of people don't understand it. Um, but those of us in the industry, we just, it, it's our jam. Yeah. We just love it. It's great. <laughs> that's awesome. Thank, thank you for that background, that backstory. I think that that was great. And I love that you highlighted storytelling because I, at the heart of all of this, I think, um, that's such a critical thing. Really what we're doing is telling stories to help people learn. Like that's really what we're trying to do. Um, yeah. That's awesome and you know what, it. in the middle of it, if you lose sight of that, then your stuff comes out dry, you know, then it is not yeah. impactful. Yeah. So yeah, you're looking at, you know, yeah. your tools and your triggers and variables and slide design and graphics and all of that. But the soul is in the story you're telling. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that that's totally right. Awesome. Okay. So then, so then six years ago, you started your own firm. You had that background in, in, in software. Um, we're going to be talking today a lot about how you're utilizing. Well, for how, how about what is the solution that you created that got us talking? What, yeah, what did so you do? For the learners, Matt and I got talking because he heard about something that we've been doing in this space. Um, and, uh, you know, there is a lot we can do in e-learning. There is amazing, well-made, impactful e-learning out there. But people who are in the field, they, they feel that, you know, there, there are limitations that naturally are imposed on us. We cannot have live content. We cannot give um, proper feedback on open text responses, those kind of, we can't have really authentic assessments without the help of a human instructor. So when ChatGPT came out, me and my team started looking into it. I naturally, you know, somehow my inner software engineer woke up. So we sort of started uh, doing a lot of experiments and that became just so exciting for us. It sort of, sorry, consumed me in some sense. We we created different use cases on how this would change e-learning. And there are other people too in the field who are doing work on this. So that was very exciting. And But I realized that there is a pretty um, deep level of technical expertise that's needed that 
usually you will not have, you know, a typical L&D department or an L&D professional might not have that because we are instructional designers. We're not really coders yeah. or, uh, and yeah. they, you need a little bit of that. So we then came up with a solution so that anybody using a st industry standard tools like Articulate Storyline or Captivate or Lectora or Easy Generator could connect their modules with ChatGPT and do anything that ChatGPT can do within that context of an e-learning module. So yes, that has been keeping us very busy over the last few months. I'm I'm sure. So just just to you know a little bit of backstory before that, did you had you been doing any work with AI before ChatGPT, or did this like for so many of us it was like oh this is the killer app. This seem it's just like such a thing to utilize so was, was this your first thing or had you worked it definitely on it well chat gpt was a game changer but we had worked on ai powered platforms before so we used area okay. 9 lycom for a project on amazon aws basics for a japanese materials firm and you know that is where the content is present to learner depending on what ai decides based on how the learner behaves what are their response patterns it is powerful stuff even when i first saw it you know, it ensures comprehension, retention. It is basically adaptive learning, but it is very, it's like a specific purpose knife, right? It is great for it, that use case, but it okay. is rather unreasonable or expensive for most organizations to move to a completely new yeah. platform for part of their yes. training needs. And generative AI changes yes. that, right? Yeah, yeah. So... Yeah, I think that's totally right. And being able to build this into our own systems is so critical. And so the solution that you made is something, it's a module that you just, you just it's inside of a storyline course, just like anything else. Um, I know you've done a lot of build out with this. So just to give people an idea of some of the things that they could potentially do with this, what are some of the use cases that you've built out already and how, how do they Absolutely. work? Absolutely. So, um... It's very difficult to explain this in a podcast without showing it, yes. but I'm going to try my best. Yes, yes. Um, this, the most basic standard thing is you have your learner ask any question within the e-learning module and chat GPT replies. Now it can reply as an expert on, on the topic that is being presented. It can reply as their manager. It can reply as their peer. So those kind of roles but you could create that live conversation where somebody's ask, asking something and getting a response. In in-person training, we always end trainings from, so any questions, right? And then you have time for that Q&A. That Q&A is yes. missing in e-learning that now can be, yes. now the same thing can be used for other things. We have scenarios which are essentially infinite scenarios because instead of choosing from A, B, C, predetermined options, Learners could write something and then get feedback on that. So it, you could write something else, you'll get something, some other feedback. So it becomes an infinite scenario, right? Um, we've also used it for pre and post assessment and then giving um, learners a pretty comprehensive sort of report on how they did in the course, which is very, very personalized. We've used it to uh, do assessment on essay type questions based on a rubric. So we send the rubric, we send the answer, and then users actually get a mark that can be then sent to your SCORM, LMS, or whatever. 
right? So you can numerically grade an open text essay type question without use of any live instructor. So many different, um, we've also done another experiment because one of the questions I kept getting was, well, it doesn't know about my policy, my company's policy, right? If we are teaching code of conduct, yes, I, if we are saying, okay, yes. you know, you cannot expect, uh, accept gifts over X dollars of value, how will ChatGPT know that? So we've done that experiment as well, where it compares the answer to a given policy or a document and then provides its response. So a lot of different exciting stuff there. The beautiful thing with generative AI is that it is so quite general purpose, right? It's like it's like a multifunction Swiss knife. You could use it in many different ways based on what is your requirement. And the power stays with the instructional designer and the learning specialist, not with somebody who created a specific purpose platform. And now you can only use it for that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's a there's a lot to break down there because I think you're right in that it is it's it's tough to see to think about this without a lot of visuals. Um, it can get kind of technical, um, but correct me if I'm wrong to kind of kind of walk through it a little bit. So when most people use chat GPT, if, the, if a random person just uses it, the challenge and that's what people are thinking when they're listening to this conversation, they're think they're just seeing here's a text box that I type into and how can I have an exchange that's very deep on something that's specific to my organization. And I think there's several layers to how you do that. And one, something that I've know, you, know you've done is essentially what you're doing is that when the user in the course clicks submit, you're sending a prompt to ChatGPT. And one neat thing about ChatGPT is prompts can get very mm -hmm. long. <laughs> I have actually written prompts. I, I didn't write them. I copied and pasted them from somewhere else. That were like six pages long. <laughs> okay. You know, because because it just contained yeah. all. It was, it was. We were making a. It was basically how to train Chat GPT to make really good mid journey uh -huh. prompts. Right. And so in order to do that, you have to train Chat GPT what mid journey is. Because it doesn't know what nope. what it is, because Mid Journey yeah. is very new. And for any for anybody who's listening who doesn't know, Mid Journey is one of the more popular new um, AI image, generation. uh, image generation tools. So you have to teach it what Mid Journey is and what a good prompt is. And when in those prompts, like you can say, like you know, the type of camera you want to use, the type of exposure, the lighting, all kinds of stuff. And so somebody out there had had written this massive document that was just like giving all of these different use cases. And so inside the prompt, you trained ChatGPT about this new thing that it had never seen before. And now you could get it to act on that information. And so I think at how much of your solution involves kind of really good prompt engineering uh, versus is there, is there other stuff beyond well, it? Prompt engineering, as you correctly said, is the biggest thing, right? Because um, yeah. as powerful as AI is, it's still answering your questions. So the better question you ask, yes. the more information and context you give it, the better it's able to answer. So in our experiments, yes. putting uh, uh, chat GPT within, within e-learning modules, we figured that it's not only enough to give 
learner question, let's say in a Q&A sort of uh, application to ChatGPT, because honestly, learners will try to break it. They will write funny stuff. <laughs> so you got to put context yes. around it in the prompt, right? You got to say to ChatGPT, okay, this is the question learner is asking. It should be about XYZ topic. If it is not, give this answer. If it is this, act as this expert and answer within these many parameters, maybe this you know, answer in five sentences and answer like a coach or whatever. So prompt is a big piece. There are other technical items as well. You could, um, using parameters within ChatGPT, define how, for example, creative it could be, it should be or not. So those mm. can be okay. adjusted as well. But I think the most important thing definitely is how you're writing your question and then doing a lot of audit. I think the beautiful thing right now is all of us, across the board are early adopters, right? So there is yeah. a lot of testing going on. One thing that we have um, put together with our solution is um, a sort of a, a learner analytics report where you get to see what people are asking and what it is responding with. Because you need to know that, right? What people are asking is important. Yes. Well, that's amazing data for any learning professional is what their learners are asking in any learning module but also what AI is answering and is it in line with what you wanted to answer? Because that is where it becomes a little tricky. We are used to having a hundred percent control on content and yes. you are um, sacrificing that in some ways to bring in more authenticity, more um, real time conversational uh, yeah. Yeah. generative work within your e-learning module. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. And so, yeah, so I think the key thing there is just one to connect the, the two things on the prompt engineering. So when the, when the learner is in there asking their question or giving their answer, whatever it is, and they hit submit, you, you, the tool that's sitting within storyline is sending to chat GPT a whole bunch of other stuff beyond that. They're saying like, answer this question or judge this response based on this totally. context. And that's kind of the context that you're sending as the, the prompt engineering, if you will. Totally, yes. Okay, that, that makes sense, awesome. One, one question that I have that I think a lot of people would have is security. Because there's been a lot of different discussion and I think your solution maybe relies, because you're actually like, kind of directly interfacing with ChatGPT uh, via API versus, you know, through the the GUI, the, you know, the, the user interface. Um, is, where are we at in terms of security of, the, of that stuff that's getting sent yes, to ChatGPT? That's a great question because that's, that's, that's something that automatically we're thinking about. It is a machine learning, uh, continuously learning algorithm. It is learning based on all the stuff we are feeding it in the graphic user, graphical user interface that GUI. However, in this case, because we're calling the API, ChatGPT OpenAI came up with, you know, its policy in March of this year, 2023, people listening it later. Um, so data, questions, queries, and answers given via API, those are not recorded. Those are uh, not used for training and they're deleted after 30 days maximum from their system. So that way using the Excellent. API is way more secure. Now we've added another layer of uh, security on that because we have our servers on AWS 
and they are calling the ChatGPT API, right? So you're not even calling uh, OpenAI API directly because that would expose your API key if somebody was um, tacky enough mm. to use and look into your code backend. So we've sort of okay. put another layer of security on top of it. But anybody who's wanna, who wants to try it, you could try it directly. I would not, an open AI itself does not suggest that you directly use its API key in a JavaScript call, for example. And I might be talking gibberish to most of the people here, so my apologies. <laughs> but yeah. yes, well, it no, is, yeah. Yeah, finished, to yeah. summarize, it is as secure as we can have it at this point of time because we're calling it through yeah. an API system which has completely different paid secure uh, setup. Yeah, and so kind of to put I was going to say, you know, as soon as, as soon as somebody dropped API in JavaScript, a bunch of people were like, well, uh, yeah, nope, I, I don't know. <laughs> um, but, but I think the point just for the learners or for, for the listeners, um, and I'm sure there are other people doing this, like that's a big thing. So essentially what you're trying to help people with is you will, you have, you know how to do this. You, you have these modules that can be dropped into storyline that can call ChatGPT and you can help people, help companies, help individuals do all that prompt engineering, figure out all the stuff that they need to build around and make it more user-friendly for them. So they can kind of be if they want to be more technical, they can be, but they can also be super untechnical and just know like, okay, I need to like drop in our policy on X here and then, and, th and that's all we need to do. And now we have more than options. Cause I, I mean, honestly, I think even the really simple questions of just like, you know, to your, to your point earlier of what's the policy, uh, what's the, what's our gifting policy? Like what's the dollar limit? simply going from needing to say have options a b and c 50 100 150 versus just asking the learner what um what's the dollar limit for policy and leave it at that because even now you know like you could have an exact match answer but you're but what if somebody types out dollars instead of puts a dollar like like there's just too many ways to mess it up and so simply moving from uh, specific responses to just an open answer like that right there is, is huge. Um, yeah. So anyway, that, even if you're not yes. technical, like, and that, that it can is be done. Exactly. Uh, my reasoning and logic behind all of this is if you're technical, get inspired and try it out. Absolutely. You can do it. If you aren't, you don't have to be the beautiful thing with, you know, uh, these generative AI is that it is so easy you just ask in simple english and you don't have to um, prompt engineering is really like being a manager with a very smart sort of um, intern and you have to explain them all yeah. the context so that they can give you a good answer yeah so that that is what instructional designers and learning specialists anyways anyway specialize in they are amazing at it so that is the key skill you don't have to worry about the technical i because my my thought process here is just because it is a little bit technical people will not try it and that will be a shame yeah. because if you ask yes. me i think every single e-learning module should end at least with one slide saying what are the questions you still have in your mind can we help you with that yeah um and 
you know, give some sort of answer because if you don't answer, people don't want to write a question. They know it's a useless exercise, right? And just that little yeah. thing can now come now change that um, the human computer interaction, right? So yeah. I feel like yeah. it is such a low hanging fruit that we should not, as an industry, miss it. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with that. Um, so seven back or seven forward, I guess, a little bit from where we're at today. I'd love to ask a quick question as we get to the end here of, you know, the future. I mean, I keep waiting for, like, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think of what I think is the, probably the most likely way that this is going to happen. But when do you, are we, that, it feels like we're not that far from ha every company being able to have their own chat GPT in a way where it's a, it's a pre-trained mod model that's just sitting there waiting for you to go and you just kind of dump your company repository into it. And it's now an expert in your company. Um, and it's, and it's, and it's contained, right? It's not, you're not giving it, it's, it's just, it's in your, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a AWS S3 yeah. container <laughs> or something that's just like sitting there. And, um, how, how far away are we from something My like God. that? There is, you know, <laughs> I could probably pull up a horoscope more easily and it will be better accurate. <laughs> there is no way to okay. say. But the pace is so fast that I won't be surprised. I, I do think, though, I believe that AI will very soon become so pervasive, just like Googling is right now, yeah. right? We won't even think of it as yeah. novel because it, it is just so easy. Right now in my webinars, I find 20 to 30% of webinar attendees haven't even used ChatGPT. And these are people who are coming mm -hmm. to the webinar. So they are actively looking to upskill themselves. So as a, mm -hmm. I, overall, I would think maybe 50 to 60% of population haven't tried it. I think that will change quickly. And um, mm -hmm. yeah, it'll be the new Google. Yeah, no, I think, I think that's totally right. I mean, um, yeah, I would highly encourage anybody, you know, it's, it's still free. Um, so getting on the basic, just kind of getting on the website and just, I, I would just encourage, you know, anytime you're going to Google, just like ask chat GPT first, just see, see what it says, you know, um, some things it doesn't make any sense to do it that way. Um, but sometimes it does and there's plenty of, and, and, and it's only by using it that you start to develop a mental model for what makes sense for using this for and what doesn't make sense to use this for. And I think your analogy was so spot on of the manager and an intern cause so I, I have a Tesla. And so I'm constantly getting to experiment mm -hmm. with self-driving <laughs> and experienced the like how it's, it's always, it's always 20, 20, 18 months away. Right. <laughs> um, but when I'm, when I'm letting it drive, I think it is so the perfect analogy of it's like you're driving with a student driver. It's like, or a, a teenager. It's like, it's, it's just, it's hesitating. It's just making decisions a little bit slower than you would. It's, it's like, you know, and so I think when it comes to AI, we often think about like, oh, it's a super intelligent, oh, it's able to do all this stuff. And it's like, it can, but inside, it, but it just doesn't have the experience. It's the most, it's the most skilled person with no yeah, experience. I like to, I like to tell people that, you know, when you're using AI, absolutely try it out. Like you said, you know, before going to Google, just try it out, just, you know, get used to it. It is going to be an important skill in the future. So get on the bandwagon, but think of this 
I think the biggest mistake people do is they will use the chat GPT's output as is, right? Think of it as a burger, mm, right? Yes. It starts with the bottom yeah. bun that is your imagination, your prompt, your skill, your questioning, right? Then yes, 80% of your burger meat patty is your AI response. But then that editing that we do on it is again, very crucial, yes. right? Because now you're looking at yeah. it, it's like, yeah, it gave me all of this, but it missed out these important things that it couldn't have known or didn't know or whatever. So yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's important to balance it with, with our own experience and um, knowledge of learning science. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for this, this quick walkthrough here. Um, any particular way that people should reach out to you if they heard this and like, Ooh, I need to, I need to know more. How, how should people oh, reach absolutely. out to you? Connect with me on LinkedIn. My name is not very uh, common, so you should be able to find me. Darima Gupta, yeah. uh, my company, Artha Learning. Artha is actually a Sanskrit word for meaning. So um, oh. hopefully that will help you remember this a little bit more, Artha. Or write to me at garima at arthalearning.com. Hopefully you'll write that somewhere in the description, Matt. There is no way people can figure Absolutely. science out. Yeah, no, people, yeah, no, it'll, that'll all definitely yeah. be in this description below. And to all the listeners, so, yeah. if you, if, because it's so difficult for Matt and I to explain what we are so excited about, if you'd like to see a demo, drop me a line and I will send you a link to our AI demo. Happy. Awesome. Perfect. Well, this was a great discussion. I had a lot of fun. Thank, thank you thank so much. You, thank you so much for tuning in today. If you liked the discussion, make sure to hit like and subscribe so you never miss an episode. As a reminder, if your team is struggling keeping up with the training development demands of your organization, we want to help. Better Everyday Studios is a full service instructional design team that can help you with everything from ideation to actual content creation and delivery. Please reach out to us using the link in the episode notes below. Have a great day.